Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. This is going to be something I'll remember. And that's a really lovely thing. I don't think I was able to do that in the past. And James Bay. Don't you agree that everybody needs someone when they feel alone? Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash virginradiouk. Welcome to the show. Vassa's here, Rachel's here, but Rachel's going to take over this bit and you'll see why in a second. Welcome to the show. Vassa's is here. Aloha. Christopher is here. Greetings. And very soon, (laughs) (laughs) Leslie Patterson will be here. Tell us about Leslie, Chris, being her number one fan. I can't tell you about (laughs) Leslie Patterson because I'm too excited uh, that she's going to be here. You probably haven't heard of her. Most of you will not have heard of her. She is responsible for the 14-time BAFTA-nominated movie All Quiet on the Western Front, which is a movie everybody has to watch not once, once a year, especially the younger people on the planet. It's really important that we watch I've watched it three times this year. I'm going to watch it on the 20th of December every year. It's a promise to myself, and I'm definitely, definitely, definitely going to stick to it uh, because what's the point in me lying to myself? It's a promise to myself. I'm going to keep it. It just makes you grateful uh, for what you have, uh, whatever that may be. It makes you um, very thoughtful uh, about the past uh, and very sort of very grateful for peacetime now, how one terrible thing can lead to another terrible thing before it leads to sunnier skies. You know, how um, every uh, silver lining will have a cloud and vice versa. And Leslie's life has been like that as well. She is also, though, a world champion triathlete that's what she really does her side hustle was this movie 14 BAFTA nominations 9 Academy Award nominations it won 7 BAFTAs it won 4 Oscars this woman is off the chain she's had she she was faced with such physical mental adversity as well during uh, her life uh, con- her, her her adversity continues because of what's happened uh, as a result of her film winning all these awards and certain people trying to ostracize her from her own creation and and not give her the credit she deserves she had to borrow money from a friend of hers to orchestrate a PR campaign to remind people she, it was down to her and her mate Ian that the film started in the first place because they optioned the 100-year-old rights to the book for £10,000 a year for 10 years and they couldn't afford it. They had to keep, she had to keep winning triathlons to, to, and the prize money to keep op- the, the optioning of the film going. And then they tried to pretend she wasn't part of it. <laughs> Who are they? Who are they? Stop shuffling your papers when I'm telling things, saying things that are important. What I, what I was doing, actually. Was it worth the shuffle? Yes, it was. Are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah. you, why, why? There's only three pieces of paper. You were shuffling them for a minute. Because it was quite a long thing I was doing, but it was worth it. This is this is the long run, and this is this is this is the this is the jump at the end of it. Come on, right? then. Come on. All quiet on the Western Front. Yes. Right. How many awards do you? No, I'm not. You're not playing that game because you always overguess. <laughs> All Quiet on the Western Front won. I'm going to say 92, and that's a proper Stop guess. Stop it. Stop it. It's a proper guess. That's, you've, you've over-doubled, oh, no, over-guessed. I, I, they, they, they will have got it wrong. I mean, 45. No, that's one. Not nominated for. Yes. It's one 45 it won of 45 more. separate occasions. <laughs> Leslie or somebody from the film has gone up and said, thank you very much. Thank you for this award. 45 separate. I mean, that is just... 
astonishing. She is an astonishing woman. I'm very excited about her coming on. I hope you're all... I hope this excitement is contagious and it is infectious. Are you feeling it, Rachel? I am vibing it. She is amazing. This woman is amazing and she's on the show in a bit. So, The Great British Bake Off. Uh, 2023 reviews. I say independent four stars. Guardian four stars. The Times four stars. I News four stars. Do you, like me, think The Telegraph mm. have... Whoever gives the stars out or prints the stars hasn't read the review or they've just... I don't know. They've... They, they misread the email because the review says Alison Hammond is a good signing. The show had lost its way in the past couple of years. The joy had gone out of it. Challenges were too hard. Moments of meanness were sneaking in. Change was needed. And Hammond is a lovely, sunny presence. A little Alison goes a long way, but she's deployed at just the right level here. That doesn't sound like a three-star review, does it's it? Minimum four. Yeah. It sounds potentially like a five-star yeah. review. Anyway, the point is the words are great. The storage isn't great. It seems the bake-off is back and as good as it's ever been well done everybody to do with the bake-off what's the matter Vassos? Well, there might be a funny clip from the bake-off <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> have we got it potential <laughs> trail nobody knows what you're talking about have you actually told anybody who works on the show about this no they told me well jane's shaking her head jane's producing the show felix is in charge of the clips he's shaking his head classic bake-off moment it's a classic bake-off moment do you recall telling Vassos about any of this no Oh, pottier than ever, Vassos, this morning. Imagining conversations he's had with the team and now blaming them for having the conversations with him that they can't remember. Oh, my gosh. Her first edition of Shakespeare's last play goes on sale for £150,000. Practice maths before bed and you'll learn it in your sleep. Reddit to begin paying people for popular posts. That's interesting, isn't it? Because we are providing the content. Of course you are. Galaxy far, far away from old size, new costlier choc shrinks. The chocolate giant Mars has shrunk its galaxy bars months after increasing the price. That's super segments. Uh, stats are pith poor. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it fantastic when you get a really tasty orange or satsuma or tangerine oh, yes. or a clementine? When you go, oh, this is a good one. Oh my God, this is a good one. Because um, we have Milo Greens and he goes to Covent Garden every night at midnight. The chap who runs Milo Greens and his fruit is all the tastier for it. Google celebrates 25th birthday with Doodle Down, Memory Lane. Warnings of Storm Agnes set to bring 80 mile an hour winds to large parts of the country. Here's me banging on about the sunshine, which is true. There's going to be loads of sunshine between now and a week on Friday. Um, it's going to be 23, 24 degrees today again um, in parts of the UK, as it was yesterday. And it's going to be sunny for all at some point in the next week and a bit. Airbnb is offering a weekend stay at Shrek's Swamp, world's oldest whiskey, going on sale at £10,000 a bottle. We might get into these stories later, a bit deeper. Jersey selling like hotcakes after Taylor Swift attends Chiefs game. Uh, celebration time. New limited edition tub contains nothing but bounty. <laughs> Thanks, Vass, for that. <laughs> for savvy ways, you can use Conkers this autumn. He doesn't love a Conker. Conkers oh, are they're so beautiful. They're design classics, aren't they? Yeah. They're so shiny. They don't need polishing. They just come out polished, yeah. don't they? It's very difficult to not pick one up if you just It's the opposite of a one. child, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> about very unpolished. What about CG Dentist today on the show? Amazing. Talking about the phrase licking into shape. When you lick something oh. into shape, that comes from the fact that mummy bears have to lick their babies into shape. And that's what they do. They hew the shape of their baby with their rough tongue and they lick their baby literally into shape. Isn't that amazing? I'm not sure I want to play this Bake Off clip. Why do you want to play it? What's the big deal? Well, I actually haven't heard it. I really love, by the way, I love the, I love the Bake Off and apparently Alison Hammond knew on the Bake Off last night, smashed it. The reviews are in and they are saying it's the best Bake Off for at least a couple of three years and it's just what, Alison Hammond is just what the Bake Off needed. 
In which case, I should I suppose. Yeah, come on. It's, it's a bit of All right. classic so bake-off. One banter. of the challenges, one of the first challenges that Alison presides over as the new host of the Bake Off is a baker cake that looks like an animal. Here we go. Why did you choose a beaver? I dressed up once as a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure I know what a beaver looks like, so... <laughs> Stop. It. Quite sort of shapely. A boozy beaver. That is the best. Nikki, can you bring your showstopper up, please? Here we go, Norman. So, Nikki, tell us about your beaver. Her beaver looked amazing, but it was bone dry. Yeah, I don't like dry beavers. Yeah. <laughs> hate dry beavers. a carry on <laughs> Look, stop this. Happy Vassos? Yes, I'm happy. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> Are you a 10? Oh, come on. Are you a 10? That's classic bake-off. <laughs> it's a handshake. <laughs> Diane Curtis. Hello, Diane. Thanks for your text. I'm a speed awareness presenter. That's why they're so good, because they have presenters. They have qualified yeah. presenters, don't they? Who are really good at what they do. Uh, we do run classroom courses too, as I'm presenting two today in Milton Keynes, where you have to go onto the Drive Tech website. You could have booked Burnham, Slough, Reading or Oxford, regardless of the service provider. It's the same course throughout the country, both in classroom or online. There are benefits and downsides to both online and in classroom, but you're right, the classroom can be more engaging. I wish I'd have signed up for the classroom. I don't, want to, I don't think you can cancel now, can you? No. That would be bad form. And also, I'll have the experience on Zoom to talk about. Yeah. And I'll have and the comparison. Compare and contrast. Yeah, I think I was thinking about the duration. The duration of the Speed Awareness course. If you go there, then I think, you know, you're. it's like going to watch live entertainment. You are invested in it. Mm. You are already... Hope, you, you are more on the side of the performers as opposed to them proving their worth to you because you have sunk an investment in it. You've invested your time. You've probably bought a ticket. Um, you know, and there's a lot of effort going into you going somewhere. And so you're going to meet them at least halfway when it comes to how, how what they're giving you on stage. And that's why reviews are sometimes different because reviews don't pay for the ticket. I know they try and be impartial, but sometimes they're just not. And sometimes you get terrible reviews for shows and then the public pay their money, go and see them, and the shows run for years and years and years, like we will rock you, for example. Um, and I think it's the same with the Speed Awareness course. So I'm I'm looking at this one differently already. I know where I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in um, in the sitting room overlooking the garden. Um, I've got it set up on a little on my little on my favourite table. Um, I know where the sun's going to be, so it's you know the sun's going to be slightly over my left shoulder, so I'm not staring into the sun. Um, and I you know I'm set up for it. But it is two hours 45 in front of a screen. And I'm thinking, hmm, does it need to be two hours 45? And this is purely from a quizzical, curious point of view. All right. OK, so there's no sort of uh, conspiracy theory going on here at all, apart from the fact, is it two hours 45? Because it's got to feel a bit like punishment as well, because you were speeding. So, you know, does it need to be nearly three hours or could it be like, you know, the best TED Talks are 12 minutes, 20 minutes, you know? You can you can learn a lot, can't you, in a couple of hours? Does it need to be that long? Or does it have to feel like a bit of a bind as part of... Does it need to have a bit of friction to it, a bit of discomfort? Because let's face it, you were going too fast and that could could be fatal. In, and that is often fatal, in, sadly, in certain circumstances. So is it longer than it needs to be because it's got to hurt a bit? That's my question. I think that's that's a very good point. I mean, I've never done a naughty <laughs> driving course, but every everyone who comes out of a naughty driving course goes, 
that was quite interesting, actually. And then gives you a few of the, uh, some of the best juice. Mm. But I think if it was 20 minutes long, we'd all just do one. Any tips for... Yeah, it's, that's that, you're right. It's interesting when people choose points over the... Because you, do you tally up? If you have no points, you think, yeah. I'll take three, yeah. I'll take six, and then I'll start speed awareness courses. Is that what happens? Yeah, I, th- I, I definitely would. I always just go for the speed awareness course. If it's available. It's not always available, is it? No. You're allowed one, and then you've got to take no, the one points. One three years. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Interesting. Any tips for Zooming, speed mm. awareness coursing-wise? Uh, any tips? Uh, do you have one? Well, Caroline recently did her mm. to naughty driving, and she did it. They, they, apparently, there's, like, there's I don't know, five or six of you, and you're all on Zoom, and you all have to be on camera, and you all have to concentrate, and the presenter um, will be saying things like, you know, uh, we're asking questions to make sure you're not basically just watching telly behind or something like that. Um, and um, Caroline did it on her exercise bike on her spin bike right. um so she wasn't she wasn't doing a, a peloton session or anything like that but she was just she just said oh, three hours moving. three hours yeah. without moving and um and the presenter knew she was because there was somebody else who was doing it in bed who uh the presenter suspected was actually watching telly behind the screen double screening yeah and so therefore kept asking that person questions and then that person said well at least i'm not on an exercise bike and and uh, and, and and the person in charge of the course oh said, yeah, I know. Speed awareness a, course, I grow. Hang on, hang on, it gets better. There was a bit of that. And the presenter just said, um, there's no problem because... Um, She's focused. Caroline is, is obviously paying attention. She just didn't want to sit still for three hours. I'd be like that. I'd do it on an Well, it's a bit bike. sitting on an aeroplane. I might wear my... Um, my DVT compre- socks. My compression socks. Because mm. I'm going to be sitting down in... The, especially with my... Especially with my left calf at oh, the yeah. moment. So I might do that. Oh, yeah, or... or Come around and borrow our exercise I've bike. I've got an exercise bike, but it's not. But I've set up my Zoom position now. You could change it. Well, yeah, but it's tight because I've got. It starts at midday. I mean, get it getting mm-hmm. home for midday back okay. to Marlow from here. Don't speed. Should be alright. <laughs> <laughs> how how ironic would that be? Yeah. <laughs> and also, and also, all I'm thinking is zoom, 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 zoom. It's the wrong message, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. If you're slowing down, <laughs> needs to be on video chat. Because they do go through, don't they? At the beginning, they say they they pick a few of you and go. So let's let's just see why you think you were speeding, and you know people come up with reasonable you know not excusable but reasonable we've all we've all yeah. done it and if you haven't done it then i think you're probably telling your porcupines the easiest person to lie to is yourself of course um and some people are, are, are very candid with the reasons for speeding um and uh, i suppose you could say at least they're being honest so there's uh they, they always say you know there's five or six reasons why people speed and, and to be honest i've been doing this job a few years i've heard them all Jason Manford recently had to do a naughty driving course and he was sat, sat next to a guy called um, Pete and, uh, and and so they go down the line oh it was a it was a it was a 30 zone I thought it was a 40 zone I was distracted yeah. um you know I didn't raining. even know I was speeding yeah, till I got the, till I received the penalty notice and then the guy sitting next to uh, to Jason Manford goes oh mate you know how McDonald's stopped serving breakfast at half past 10 <laughs> Outrageous! <laughs> it was like ten twenty-seven, and I needed a hash brown sausage McMuffin. <laughs> Vassus, please give it all the beans. If you look up multi-talented in the dictionary, you may well find our next guest. She's won four <laughs> Oscars and five off-road triathlon world titles. The brilliant All Quiet on the Western Front is available now on Netflix and she's just back from another triathlon. So let's have a nice Natterson with the brilliant Leslie Patterson. Welcome to the show, you. 
Oh, it's awesome to be here. I'm so excited to meet you, Leslie. There are there are wonderful people, men, women, kids, you know, past, present, hopefully future, but they don't get any better than you. Oh, I, I don't know that my husband would say the same. Yeah, well, he's married <laughs> to you. You know, he gets, he gets other things, other benefits. But you are an amazing human being. Aww. Your story is unbelievable. You are the queen of the side hustle. So here's my first question for people who don't know who Leslie is. By the way, we've had so much love for you on the text. So many people do know who you are. Oh, yay. So either your side hustle has been competing and winning world championship titles in off-road triathlon lons to support your movie endeavors or your movie endeavors including 14 BAFTA nominations and nine Oscar nominations is your side hustle as a kickback from your training for being an elite athlete which is true Leslie oh, all all of the above <laughs> one helps the other and the other helps the other so for people who don't know give us the potted history first of all uh, of your triathloning that's Fatless. right. Well, well, actually, Chris, I started off as a rugby player. Yeah, I know you Can you tell? Yeah. I'm, you know, five foot nothing yeah. and about 100 pounds. I know. Uh, but I played as the only girl on an all-boys team, 250 boys and me. It was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> uh, I saw my brother playing with a load of boys, getting muddy, and I said, Daddy, I want to go at that. And uh, that was it. And I think I've always been drawn to things that are, you know, really difficult, really challenging. Yeah. People tell me I can't do it. That's it. Red rag to a bull. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Good luck, everybody else. That's right, that's right. Okay, so um, so your kind of triathlons are different to what most people may imagine a triathlon to be. Totally. Well, this is, I call off-road triathlon, uh, also branded as Xterra, yeah. which is swimming, mountain biking and trail running. And that sounds like a new thing, but it's not that new, is it? No, Xterra? it's been around for like 25, 30 years. Um, but basically it is like, you know, rugby meets on-road triathlon do you know what I mean it's yeah. it's like the muddy version of triathlon it's super tough it's out in the trails uh, they have a world circuit all over you know all over the world culminates in a world championship so I got into that in my late 20s mm -hmm. um, you know when I was earlier of course I was pursuing it thinking I want to go to the Olympics yeah. but I was a big failure in that uh, didn't reach that goal and uh, kind of you know, fell out of love with the sport when I was about the tender age of 20 yeah. and uh, went back and studied film and theatre and acting and kind of find myself again, uh, find my personality back and then discovered Xterra. And so I think the culmination of all those things together, uh, my creative love, who I really was as a person mixed with the right kind of sport, led me to this incredible journey. When did you win your, fir win your first world title? When did you win your most recent? And I know you raced a couple of days ago as well. I did. I I went, won my first one in 2011, uh, which was wild because I got a puncture on the bike. So I got a flat tire, came back from that uh, to win. And that for me was kind of the gateway to what does it mean to just keep going uh, and never give up? Because I really, truly was going to give up in that race when I had the puncture. And I kept on going. It was minutes and minutes behind and came through for the win. So that's really set up the rest of my career. Um, and then I won my last one in 2018. 18, so quite a big gap uh, and in amongst that gap I had Lyme's disease, chronic injuries like all sorts of hoopla going on there um, and then I am still racing a little bit just a little bit because I'm, I'm 43 <gasps> I mean, come on. I'm a young pup in this room is that right? Kind of, young yeah. pup um, but 
you know what? It's in my soul. I love it. So I popped out to Italy, raced the world championships just there on Saturday. My dad came out to join me uh-huh. and uh, I got fifth against <laughs> all these bad, young it? ones. It's not bad, It's eh? not bad. And when you don't ferret out adversity, it does seem to come and find you. It does. On your day off, it comes to find you. <laughs> yeah. You know, the whole Lyme's disease thing. I had a friend, I've still got a friend called Amanda. He had Lyme's disease for ages. And I don't know, I've, you know, obviously I know all about you. Um, and for her... You know, it was years before people believed yes. there was anything wrong with her. And yep. I know that's not dissimilar to your experience. Oh, 100%. And I think Lyme disease is incredibly complex. So it comes, misunderstood. It's so misunderstood. It comes with a lot of other co-infections, other issues that basically suppress your system so that it can't fight it itself. So it's like peeling back layers of an onion to figure out how to fix it. Yep. And that takes years. And it takes a lot of different doctors, a lot of different input. Um, so, yeah, I literally went from the top of the top to being bedridden. And that for me was another pivot point in my life because what it did is it made me incredibly uh, self-reflective about Mm. what was important. And now being back in the sport, it's about gratitude. You know, it's not the shoulda, woulda, coulda's. It's not the woe's me. It's being in the moment, experiencing it. The fact we get to do it. Honestly, I mean, I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah. It's it's a privilege. It's an absolute privilege, and I I love every moment of it now, even the horrible, horrible yeah, bits. Even if you're doing it and you wanted to do it, and then halfway through it, you think I don't do this anymore. You get to do it because other people don't. Big time. Big time. And I think that that's maybe why I've inspired people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I coach a lot of people as well. And regardless of their abilities, whether they're just doing the first 5K off the couch or whether they're a professional athlete, it's like, it's all about kind of pushing yourself to the limits yeah. and discovering something in yourself that never would have come out if you mm-hmm. hadn't pushed that limit. Love it. So if you've just driven under a bridge and come out the other side and thinking, oh, the, uh, the person Chris was going to have on talking about the Oscar-winning film, <laughs> All Quiet on the Western Front. Must, he must have had her on. That was a quick interview, and now he's talking to a triathlete. It's the same person! <laughs> it's unbelievable! This story is unfrickin' believable um, right, I don't want to dive into the film yet. I just want to back off a little bit longer. I want to tease a little bit longer, <laughs> as far as that's concerned. Uh, but also, you have this... Um, incredible allergy to mould don't you I do is that part of the Lyme's disease thing yeah well I think that's actually what sort of triggered the symptoms of Lyme to come out and it's really serious it's isn't it? really serious and people are not aware of it at all in terms of the impact that can have on your system mm. because it really affects the inflammation in your entire body and it can have neurological consequences mould this is and um, you this know, is mould like you find in houses oh my god and all the houses here, in, you know, in the UK, especially in Scotland, are you kidding me? They all have mould in your bathroom, you know, in your um, kitchen, stuff yeah. like that. And if you have this kind of predisposition, uh, genetic predisposition to not be able to uh, get rid of mould in your system, then it can really impact you. It can cause depression, anxiety, chronic pain, pelvic pain, all of this other crap. Yeah, now the pelvic pain has only left you recently, hasn't it? Because yeah. haven't you been sitting on a cushion for the last totally. 10 years? I was like, you know what? I can't go into the Chris Evans show with my butt pads because we've got some pretty sto- funny stories about the Oscars and the butt pads. I know you have. Who was your butt pad carrier? And <laughs> didn't you attend hubs. your first meeting without a butt pad a couple of months ago? And you thought, I did. And you felt the chair underneath your bum. And you thought, I was oh, like, oh, and it was a real moment for you, that wasn't it? A real, real moment because I was in so much pain at one point. I couldn't drive. I had to lie down. I couldn't sit down. So I went from being this top 
you know, world champion to not being able to drive myself. And it was such a chronic pain. It was so pervasive all the time. Draining. Draining. And so now when I get to walk around, I don't have to think about it. It's it's like, oh my God, I can see the world. Yeah, and I know people can grateful. relate to that. And you're great. You were born grateful anyway. But yeah. you are an exemplar of it. Tell us about the um, day when you were feeling amazing just before a triathlon and you thought, I'd go out for one bike ride, not really a training ride, you know, more of a taper ride. You fell off your bike, broke your shoulder. Um, you thought, oh no. And you just did the tri triathlon anyway and, and won it? Totally. What, so, is, that, what is that about? What is it? With <laughs> one arm? Yeah. I don't know. I think swimming is the first discipline. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, I don't did you swim. So so check this out. So after 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 it happened, yes. right? I was like totally devastated because and we might come back to this. I really needed the prize money to um put towards the film, re-auction yeah. the book, uh, All Quiet in the Western Front. And uh so day before the race, fall off the bike, I'm pre-riding, break the shoulder. I'm like, what the heck am I gonna do? And my hubs is like, okay, let's see if you can ride your bike, you know, prop your hand up could do that and I'm like I'll walk the descent no big deal can you run up and down motion okay get down to the water can you swim can I heck not a chance in hell and he's like well Les you're really good at the one arm drill why don't you just swim which at is one the arm? thing you practice which is totally I've practiced it all my life and I'm like you know what like what's the worst that can happen do you know what I mean like I come out way down big whoop <laughs> So I get on the edge of the water and off we go and I, I swim a mile, that's 1,500 metres with one arm. And let me tell you, that was bloody exhausting. That yeah, was. But your story has its own onshore take on this, doesn't it? it, it so your husband has his own. It, totally. He took a little video and he's watching it and some, some fella next to him goes, oh, wow, they let anyone in the pro fields these days, don't they? Because, <laughs> yeah. of course, I was way off the back. Yeah. So I come out of the water 12 minutes down and uh, I'm like, oh, well, at least I got out of the water. And then I get on the bike and I ride up to second position of course, having to, you know, walk down the descents and uh, and then run myself in at first. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Right. All quite on the Western Front. So it's a hundred so the book's a hundred years old now. Um it was a little less than that when you optioned it. Um you wanted to act, you wanted to get into the world of movies one way or another, and somebody said, Well, you have to have a USP and if you own some um some what's it called IP IP, yeah. Uh, then you you've got a better chance than most. So you literally bet the ranch on this book, didn't you? Oh totally. Cause and then let, again and again and, and again. again and again and again. Because let's be honest, getting into the industry is so difficult. When right. you're on the outside, you're absolutely So you have no credits to your name. Not nothing. Why, okay, why why not, of course, but why did you option that particular book? Who do you option it with? How much did it cost? And what happened in the next the, the, yep. the prevailing ten years? So I was writing and producing with a partner of mine at the time, also credited credited on the film. His name is Ian Stokell, and uh, we were both reading the book. There was a sale on at a bookstore. We both loved it. We read it in school. We're like, wow, it's not been made recently, and it's you know World War One is such a, an impactful war. So um, he was a journalist. He started to investigate. Uh, who had the the rights to it? We went to the estate. We made a pitch. They accepted, which was shocking because for the listeners out there most big IP like this is taken up by the studios or big producers and it just lapsed and it just lapsed by Universal so we swept in there gave them an offer uh, gave them the pitch they said yes um, it cost us a bunch of money so every year we had to renegotiate yeah. the contract and you're uh, not a big shot not at all you're on it's... minimum wage working where were you at the time I was working in a bike shop in a bike shop that's right on minimum totally. wage oh yeah she ten, optioned a movie bucks. she's working in a bike shop for like seven quid an hour <laughs> It's like, what, what do you do with your money? Oh, we've optioned the rights to all quiet on the Western Front from Universal. I know. What? 
he, here's the funniest thing when I was working in the bookshop I used to go to Lou all the time so yeah. I could make phone calls yeah. to try and option this bloody book they must have thought I had a problem you know mm. like gosh she needs to go to the bathroom all the time what the hell's wrong with her yeah. um, so <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we optioned this book and on it goes and of course every year we have to pay 10 grand where are we getting that from yeah. we begged borrowed steel we've got mates that gave us money family credit cards remortgaged the house I would use my race earnings on and on and um, it was 16 years to get it made 16 years Unbelievable. And then when you did finally get it made, and by the way, this, this so so many stories here. Listen to Rich Roll's podcast. Um, wait till the movie of Leslie's life comes out, which I hope is in the pipeline. Um, but fast forward, you, you get to make it. Well, it starts being made and it's being filmed in Europe and you're in Los Angeles and it's COVID and you can't attend the set. Yeah, total tragic tragedy. That was so hard. I, again, like you, you have to turn to gratitude. But you oh, did write the screenplay. Yes, you and Ian wrote the yes, screenplay. Yes, yes. And Ed, Ed, Edward came in uh, as a director. Who's he also Edward? Did a, I know who he is, but tell yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Edward Berger is the director of All Quiet, so he's also a writer on the yeah. project. So he took our draft and infused it with that German sensibility, um, which was amazing to work with him. What a talent! What a visionary! And uh, uh, off we went. You know, Netflix came in, funded the whole thing, shot in Prague we couldn't be on set. It was so hard, let me tell you. There was many tears because when you've invested so much over so many years yep. and you've dreamt about it and then the thing the thing is is a lot of people think that you get into film because you want to be famous or you want the limelight. That's not what it's about. It's about the creative process or process, I should say here. <gasps> process. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's about watching these actors, you know, bring, bring it, it to, to life, life, all the different pieces that come together to create this amazing piece. And we couldn't see that. But, you know, hey, listen, we got a movie made. It's you unbelievable. You got a movie made. You got one of the greatest movies of all time, mate. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I mean, I watched it three times. Off, I watched it first on a Sunday and then I watched it on the Tuesday night and I watched it again with another friend who works here, Mike, the next Sunday. And I vowed to watch every December the 20th um, every year just to remind me to be you know as grateful yep. as i should be and yep. more it's about generations and you know it was it, it was basically the deception of a generation well it's about Lovely. the deception of a generation it it's about one terrible um world event giving birth to a second terrible world well, event well that's 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 what really struck me you know because when you're adapting a novel like this you do a lot of research mm. and in the research what struck me was the fact that World War One set up World War Two, and people yep. do not know that, and it's a lesson. It's a lesson to be learned, and so that was a part of the, the the script that we brought to the table that was not in the novel. Was actually the last six hours of the war, the armistice being signed, Crazy. and the historical context, and and what a dramatic through line. I mean, the last six hours of the war, when the war was already over, the armistice had been signed. Tens of thousands of men were killed. Crazy. That's like this microcosm of, of the tragedy of the event in its entirety. Yeah, it's like the warmongers, you know, yeah. the last hurrah. Right. Because this could be it. But hey, and I tell you what, there was pictures that came out, uh, you know, in the Ukraine, uh, you know, the war and, and so on, that looked exactly like our film. Of course they did. Because that's hand-to-hand -hand combat, isn't right. it? You right, right. Um, they say the only mercy of any war is a swift end. That is it. There is no other mercy. Yep. You know, unfortunately, that's very rarely the case. Unbelievable film. Um, you got it made. The first time you saw it was on a Netflix encoded link like we are sent previews. But this was your actual film. Um, and it's the first time you got to see it with your parents, with your folks, with your stepmom, with your hubby. Uh, what was it like? 
Oh, I was I sat there like a, a, a ball of nerves. You know, it was amazing. It was scary. I was sweating. I was crying. It was very surreal. And then instantly spoke to Ed on the phone afterwards and was just like in bits, just in bits. I mean, what an honor to have your project made into something like that. I mean, we should be so lucky. And the universe over-delivered, you, you, you say, don't you? Ah, Better totally. than you could have possibly hoped for. Oh, yeah. And it's like now the door has been opened to be able to tell all these other amazing stories that I have in my head. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, but as again, there's adversity there because you didn't get a producer's credit um, you were nominated for an Academy Award. You didn't win that, but it's still a great night. The greatest night of your life, you say, apart from meeting your hubby, I would imagine. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> was yeah. the night at the BAFTAs. 14 oh. nominations, seven wins, um, 40 odd international film awards, probably more, I would imagine. Uh, that's yep. the sort of official count. Um, and I know that it's what happened to you is completely unfair with regards to uh, your credit for the movie from certain. Um, certain sort of uh, areas of the, the industry but they got they've got to go they've got to take that to bed every night they've got to sleep with that every night you don't have to i don't know if that's any solace to you or not um tell yeah. me about the growth that you've experienced there the positive yeah. aspect of that adversity you know here's, here's it was just crazy i mean it, come on it's crazy you optioned the book you, you pitched it you went to daniel radcliffe's flat he was part of the action for there's a story there you oh, know yeah. you pitched it and you pitched it and you pitched it you got the writer on board it was and you, you ended up making it in german which wouldn't have happened 10 years ago because that wouldn't have been possible you are responsible you and ian are responsible for this movie and you didn't get produce credit which is insane it is yeah, but it's, it's happened before and it will happen again it so will i suppose we sort of park that and you learn from it you do you do and and i think that we didn't have the courage to stand up but also we were kind of backed into a corner right we were at the last chance Certainly. saloon yeah. and when you're negotiating contracts um you know that that's what it is we we got an executive producing credit so at least we we, we got that um but at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the producers of, of Note, they did, they were on set, they hustled, they did an amazing job. So as well, yeah, as well. As well. That's the thing, it's um, the as well thing. I think the most frustrating point was the fact that, that we were kind of pushed aside and yeah. not, not taken on board. And it's less about, hey, I want to say and I want to make a it's difference. It's, yeah, but it's also about mentorship, isn't it? Yeah. It's about taking care of other people that are new to the industry yeah. and fostering their ability and helping them to grow yeah. and so, so that's something I'm incredibly passionate about moving forward you know exactly and that's yeah. the growth therein lies yeah. the growth yeah okay totally. so you're going to take that with you yeah um which is awesome it's not fair but it's awesome um because you know every silver lining has a cloud there's a lot of bloody clouds you're, 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 the film about your life and it has to be made it's got to be called silver line uh, or clouds or something like <laughs> the opposite way round. It's like that phrase, isn't it? It's none of my business what other people think about me. I love that phrase. Hey, it's so totally. Um, so, so the film is out and it's forever on Netflix. Of course it is. All Quiet on the Western Front. But this, tell me about this book of yours. Yes. Yeah, so this is a book that my... So my husband and I, Simon Marshall, um, we write now exclusively together, write and produce. We have our own production company, which is amazing in Los Angeles. Called, called Brave Art Entertainment. <laughs> Come on, love it. I know. Had to happen. See? And like, um, you're Scottish. <clears throat> that's right. Can you tell? I've got an American twang. My, my dad's a bit disappointed. You've got a bit that. of Lulu going on. <laughs> I know. We get in the car the other day and I said, said the word trunk. He's yeah. like, it's not a trunk, it's, it's a boot. Which are the part of this car is 
to be with an elephant. Oh my gosh. Anyways, uh, we have this book that Simon and I wrote called The Brave Athlete, Calm the F Down and Rise to the Occasion. And it's a brain mental model uh, for for athletes. It's a, it, it breaks down why we have thoughts and feelings that we don't want. It gets into how the brain works and then we answer a lot of questions that athletes have but to be honest a lot of business people have used this book actors directors i want to read it yeah you need to listen to it because because we narrate it okay um wow it's great to meet you man great to meet you (laughs) are we gonna get to run together if you like i can't run at the moment because um because of the thing but i'll I'll be back soon soon. don't you worry about that i can shuffle it with you we've got (laughs) two minutes left fasos anything what was it about the book that really spoke I mean I remember like you I, I studied it at school Investen nichts Neues I did it for German <laughs> A level and it's and it's funny isn't it because that line comes right at the end of the book and it turns everything on its head but what was it particularly about that book that really spoke to you do you know what it was about the underdog uh, I think because I'm from that Scottish background I can really relate to that that every man fighting against the upper brass um, and also seeing it from the other side seeing it from the side of the enemy we're never taught that you know it's all about how wonderful you know great britain is and so on and so forth and really it's like the humanity in our enemy and i think that's what we need to learn from in 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 war so many people lose more than win yep it's you know it's all it's mostly about losing isn't it rachel what are you going to do next? Another race or another movie? Oh, well, both. just both. <laughs> At the same time, I love to train on set. Uh, we're actually shooting a film in Scotland, in the Highlands, in Glencoe, hopefully. Ooh, okay. This is a psychological um, thriller. It is. It's a psychological thriller. And uh, we're, we're working with Karen Gillan on that. So that's going to be really fun. Um, and Simon and I wrote it. We've got a wonderful uh, director called Car- Carl Strathy, producer Rob McGilvroy. And uh, it's going to be, it's just going to be great. It's a really gritty, dark gritty. film. Aye. What's Daniel Radcliffe's New York apartment like? Mate, it's awesome. But I li- bet it is. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, his plumbing is not very good. I, I kind of blocked that, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. You're, you, that's uh, one of your take takeaways, isn't it? It is, mate. You've got to, you've got to drop one on Harry Potter's toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, you did not disappoint. It's great to see you. Um, if people want to find out more about you, do you have anything going on anywhere? Do you have a website that people can go to? Or yeah, you can you can go to my website, leslieperson.com or braveartentertainment.com. Dot com or just Google me, man. I'm all, I'm all, all over right. the place. It's a real joy to meet you. Thank you Don't so much. Don't know why you came in, but I'm so glad you did. Hey, well, you know, I was hoping to drop an F-bomb. It's just not going to happen, No, please it? don't do that. <laughs> it was all <laughs> yeah. going so well. You do on our, well, something for Instagram on your best ofs and your favourites. Leslie, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been Leslie Patterson on the radio, everyone. <laughs> 